obstacles in your life are usually the path to your greatness. Slipping into Darkness, Part 3, Career and Financial Security. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. And the first thing that I want to do today, I want to ask those who are sitting further back, and even in the middle, if you are agreeable to come forward. Now, I normally don't make that type of request, but it's something that I just heard God speak. And for those who are streaming or those who are listening via audio, no matter how long this is, I want you to make a change in your position and attention. Turn the volume up. There's something about today that will have a different type of anointing. And to be honest, I don't even know what it is because I don't even think it's that powerful of a message today. But I am confident in the move of God and I have seen far too often how God will change some stuff just for one person and how do you know you are not that one? The story of how Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda and there were three porches of sick folk. And Jesus passed by all them folk, left all them folk there. See, it is still a story that I still wonder today about how can the Son of God leave all them sick folk there and go and heal one man and walk away. You don't know whether it's the one, whether it is you, but when you are not following in what God has made available to you, you will miss that blessing that God has special just for you. So even if you are electronically joining us, make a change. Turn up the volume. Pay attention. You may be walking around in your kitchen doing something else. Sit down, stop, and pay attention. God is simply saying, come forward today. Give the word your full attention on this day because you don't know whether you will be the one God has something special for. Now, I'm in the middle of a series called Slipping into Darkness. Slipping into Darkness actually is a song from the group called War. And it was back in my high school days that war was popular and they had this song, Slipping into Darkness. You all know it, but that was the song. And this is the series that God has me dealing with, Slipping into Darkness, how we slide from God's plan to the world's plan. And, and war was particularly significant, not because of the group, but most of you know that my brother Bernard and I, we were in a singing group, the two of us called Bronner Brothers. And we had three songs that made Billboard's Top 100. And a concert promoter called me up one day and he said, I would like for the Bronner Brothers to open for the group war. I said, man, I ain't ready for that. I said, we, look, 
I'm a studio musician. I am not ready for any lie. They said, we will pay you $7,000 to open up for what? Now, $7,000, this was literally about... This is about, boy, this is close to 40 years ago. So that was a lot of money back then. That's almost equivalent to $30,000. They said, we'll pay you the equivalent of $30,000 for you to open up for this group. And I don't care how much money. Well, I can't say that. If it had been a certain amount, I'd have had to consider it. <laughs> but that just wasn't enough because we were studio musicians. So war had always a special place because the promoter of that group wanted us to open for the group war that made the song Slipping Into Darkness. So with Slipping Into Darkness, how we slide from God's plan to the world's plan, I'm dealing with the seven important areas in life according to Google. Not according to God, according to Google. God gave me the series title, but I actually Googled for the seven most important areas of life. Part one was social and family relationships. And it dealt with coach versus companion. Some relationships need to remain at a distance and you need to coach, but some relationships you need as a companion and you need to know the difference between those two because who you run with determines where you go. That was part one. Part two was the last message which Google called Career and Educational Aspirations. And I'm actually moving career to today. And I dealt with last message, continual learning and how we need to constantly keep learning. And so many people came to me after that message. And I know there were two basic trains of thought because I explained to people how in my company, I basically was forcing people to learn in order to stay at the company. We've got a philosophy called grow or go. And I know some people in their mind saying, that's mean. <laughs> and I wouldn't want to be at a company that just forced me to learn. Now, nobody told me that, but I know somebody thought that because I just know folk. But yet there were others who contacted me and they said, what are the books you're studying? Because I want that list. And there were two different and opposite reactions. And this is often the way that things will happen when things are presented to you in life. You can reject it, and often you reject it because it takes you out of your comfort zone, it makes it more difficult for you, but it will take you higher. Or you can embrace it, and you can say, I can see the wisdom in this, and let me learn. And let me grow. And next week we will have the books that we've studied so far in my company. They'll be in the resource center and you'll be able to check them out and we'll be able to read the books and learn. And part three, dealing with career and financial security. I'm going to use one simple verse from the Bible. There are a lot of verses in the Bible that really deal with this. But this is a well-known of the verses that we often use for sermons. Most folk can't quote them. This one you can. It's Matthew 6, 11 and 12. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is about career 
and financial security, but with the vast majority of people, they want a career for financial security. If they had a billion dollars, they wouldn't be worried about a career. So really, the whole thing with career centers around making money or what is often terms in modern vernacular, bread. And in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, Jesus is talking about food, but it really refers to sustenance because man cannot live off bread alone. You need some money in this society without question. The church needs money. No matter how spiritual we are, do you realize how many churches have closed over the last year? And they didn't close because they lack spirit. They closed because they lack money. So money makes a difference even in God's house. God's house cannot operate. You see these lights that are on, all of the audio, the, the air condition, the HVAC that's operating, the instruments that's here. Do you realize if we did not pay our power bill, we would be sitting here in the dark? The power company is not going to sell. Oh, you all are sainted. <laughs> You all are a holy congregation. And as a result, we're not going to turn off. No, 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 no. We will be in the dark if we don't pay that bill. So even the house of God requires money. Money is a necessary portion in this country and in this earth. So dealing with career and financial security, it's important. Now, yesterday... My good baby sent me an article. Now, some of you who are new here, you don't know who good baby is. My good baby is my wife, and I call her my good baby. As a matter of fact, I go out of town a lot. As I was driving out of town this time, I was talking with my good baby on the phone. And after I hung up, I texted my good baby. Put the text. I sent a screenshot. This is the text that I text my good baby. I said, good night, good baby. And then I got this little picture of a little loving heart with a little kid laying behind. And then I realized, and I looked at this and I said, oh, my goodness, I done text this to Gerald. I said, what? I, I, said, so I, I said, oh, my goodness. So I, I had to immediately text him. I said, look, man, look, I ain't trying to make no art. No, no, no. I text this to the wrong person. This was meant to go to Simone. So my good baby, my good baby is my wife. And she sent me the article yesterday. And actually the article deals with exactly what I am to be talking about today, and she didn't know the subject. But the article deals fundamentally with the top 10 careers that you can be reasonably guaranteed to make $100,000 a year in. That's the first portion. The second portion deals with how to become financially stable, how to become financially secure, basically how to become rich. And it gives 12 principles for how to do that. That article contains what I really needed to say about career and financial security. So I put that at the link, coachb.me forward slash 
J-O-B. Real easy to remember, coachb.me forward slash job. Or some people, you know, with the oldest book of the Bible, Job. So no matter which way you pronounce it, it's J-O-B. Coachb.me forward slash J-O-B. And there you will find the links to this article. And it deals with the 10 careers that are most guaranteed to get you $100,000 a year. And then how to manage it. Because it's not just about how much you earn. It's really how well you manage what you earn that makes the vast difference with the vast majority of people. All of us know the stories of people who've had these millions and millions and millions of dollars and they end up broke. So this happens over and over and over again, not because of the lack of money, because of the lack of management. So the article has two phases, how to make the money and how to manage the money. So I want you to go and just study those articles. It even has a budget sheet, one of the best and the simplest budget sheets I've seen that allows you to categorize your money to tell whether you're over and under in these areas. And it gives you the budget to how you can move towards becoming wealthy. Now, the budget sheet has an income limitation. It's only good for people who make up to $200,000. So if you make over $200,000 a year, you need a different budget sheet. But if you make less than $200,000, this budget sheet at coachb.me forward slash J-O-B will work fine for you. So today, I want to deal with money kind of as God leads me. I subscribed to Surprise Sermon. And when I got the Surprise Sermon email, the sermon dealt with the sermon series called Miracle Money. And Miracle Money was a sermon series of seven sermons, and there were seven laws of miracle money. And it's the first time in my life that I have ever binge-listened to a sermon series. If you remember on the last message, I talked about how as you start studying, it will change your speed, your quality, and your quantity of what you study. And for some reason, as I began to listen to the first Miracle Money message, and I preached this thing 15 years ago, and I said to myself, did I preach that? It was that good. (laughs) I mean, it was that good. I had to say to myself, did I preach that? And then I listened to number two and number three. Do you know how it is with Netflix? And you start on a real good series. And now they have it where you can have an option where instead of pressing next episode, it has where you can just auto advance to the next episode. So you don't even have to get up from your chair. You don't even have to pick up the remote. It just automatically goes to the next episode. And Netflix has America so addicted that we'll sit there and we'll watch episode after episode after episode, after episode. And the vast majority of stuff on Netflix does not enhance your learning, your mentality, your emotions, any of that. It's amusement 
but it does nothing to benefit you at all. I had a friend of mine, he said, man, the other night, he said, I watched 11 straight hours of Netflix. 11 straight hours. And it just binges. Next episode, next episode, next episode, next episode, next episode. Miracle Money was the first sermon series that I ever binged. And I watched part one, part two, part three, part four, part five, part six, part seven, all non-stop. And I want to just tell you about Miracle Money, just a glimpse, not much, but just in the first series, I hadn't recalled what it said. And the first law of Miracle Money is the law of stretching what you have. You know how in the Bible, the widow had the oil that the prophet told her to go out and fill up, and she kept pouring oil and never ran out? It's the law of stretching what you have. And when I heard it, I said, I don't even remember God speaking that to me. But this is what God spoke. He said, they can tell how much they are stretching things by how much garbage they have. And I thought about that thing. I said, that's accurate. So if you're running short of money, look at how much garbage you got. If you got a whole lot of garbage, you're not stretching your money far enough. And I said, well, Pastor, what they got to do? Because if you have a whole lot of garbage, it means you got a whole lot of paper. You got a whole lot of throwaways. If you are highly efficient, you don't have a whole lot of... First of all, I remember I was sitting here in the Render My Money class that Gerald teaches, and he said, do you know the number one money waster for the average American? The number one money waster is eating out. People spend more money eating out than any other thing, and they don't need to. See, when you eat out, first thing, you got a whole lot of, you know, cartons and dishes and bags and all that stuff. So he said... They can tell how much they are stretching things by how much garbage they have. So if you got all this garbage and it's full of stuff, and you say, well, I just need some of this. I just got all this stuff. No, you don't need it. If you're washing dishes, you don't need paper plates and paper cups. And if you're cooking at home, you don't need all that stuff coming in. Well, what about diapers? In the old days, they didn't have these pamphlets. They washed the diapers. And now we said we can't make it without all this. He said, you can tell how much they're stretching things by how much garbage they have. So if you got a whole lot of garbage, and this is the way America has grown to, we have gotten so much that we are so disposable, we use so many resources that we've got all this garbage. You can tell how much they are stretching things by how much Garbage they have. And as I listened to Miracle Money, and I listened to section after section after section, I heard C. Elijah make a comment. He said, it's not the duration of your life that's important, but the donation of your life. And all this stuff, you just got deep, one principle after another. There was a portion where C. Elijah cried, and there was a portion where Minister Stephanie cried. And there was just stuff in it, and and I heard some things that God had spoken to me that I had forgotten about that just absolutely shook me. Then in one of the parts, there was a portion where God spoke that anybody who heard this, that promise would go over them too. 
And I said, whoa, this stuff. And it just became deep, just miracle money. And if I listen to one, then I have to go back to Brothers of the Word, type in miracle money, bring it back, then click on part four, part five. And I binged it right after another. And each time I was hungry, waiting on the next episode. Suppose we could become hungry, waiting on the next message from God instead of the next Netflix episode. And now I have moved into just a position in life where I am trusting more and more and more just in the guidance of God. I travel three weeks out of every month, but I ask God, where do I go? And on my trip before last, he said, you go to St. Augustine and you stay at this hotel. I mentioned to you that for my company, we had watched a documentary. Let me tell you how that documentary came about. I went to St. Augustine and I was in a grocery store and I saw a chocolate bar. But I am on a 30 day abstinence from sweets. So I bought this chocolate bar. <laughs> and I ate the chocolate bar, and the chocolate bar was pretty good. So I searched, because I was at a, the grocery store was a good distance away from where I was staying. I searched to see where I could get some more, and Walmart had them. So I walked into Walmart, and I walked over to the aisle, because the app had the aisle that the chocolate bar was on. And I looked at the shelf, but I didn't see it. So there was a stock man there putting up product. And I said, excuse me, I'm looking for the Lint. It's L-I-N-D-T. They make chocolate bars. And I said, I'm looking for this particular type, and I don't see it. He said, we don't carry that. He said, they don't make that. I said, they do make it because I've eaten one. <laughs> see, it's like there are some levels where you require faith to believe, and then there are other levels where you've experienced it and you don't need faith. You know it. So I know they make it because I've eaten one. He said, no, 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 they don't make that. He said, they don't make it, and we definitely don't carry it. I said, but your app says you got it. It's in this aisle. You know, we don't carry that. So he went over and showed me on the shelf, and it wasn't there. But I'm not the type that gives up easily. So I went back to that chef and we went way down on the I found it. And I said, there it is right here. So I got six of them. Now, I know you're saying, but pastor, didn't you say you're on a 30-day no-sweet program? Well, the chocolate bar was the Lent 100% unsweetened chocolate. So it had no sugar in it whatsoever. And normally when you get chocolate that's, you know, above 85%, it starts getting really, really bitter. So I saw this 100%. I said, I hadn't even seen 100%. I said, let me just try it. It's unsweetened, has no sugar. And actually it was pretty decent. It didn't have that bitter aftertaste. So that's why I went back and bought some more. I said, I can eat this. I can eat it with some fruit. I can eat it with some nuts. And then I don't have the sweets and I don't violate my no sweets for 30 days program. So as I told the gentleman, I said, here it is right here. And he came on. He said, sure, I've never seen that before. I didn't even know we had that. And then he began talking about chocolate. And he said, you know, when I was in Switzerland, 
I ate this Swiss chocolate. And he began telling me all about the Swiss chocolate and how the Swiss made chocolate. And my natural instinct wanted to say, I've been to Switzerland. I've been to Switzerland and I have eaten some Swiss chocolate in Switzerland. That's what I wanted to say. But I'm working on my humility. All of these stories are intertwined. That's just like when God is doing something in your life, one thing connects to another thing and it connects to another thing and it connects to another thing. And when you break the chain, when you are disobedient in one thing, it affects all the other stuff. So there I was and I was wrestling with this humility because I wanted to say, I've been there too. It ain't that just because you've been to Switzerland. I've been to Switzerland and I've eaten some Swiss chocolate myself. Straight in Swiss. So I wanted to tell him that. But I'm working on my humility and working on my humility. There is something that many of us need to do when we're working on humility. And that is simply four words. Shut up and listen. And it's hard to do. Shut up and listen. So I'm working on my humility and I'm working on it because God has made all of these promises. He's made all of these promises, and he says, this is the power that I have in store for you. And he said, but I cannot give you the power until you have the humility to yield it. He said, until you have the humility to wield it, I can't give you the power. And he said, now, I can humble you, but it's a lot better if you do it yourself. I said, Lord, please, let me try to do this myself, because when you have to humble folk, it just get rough. I said, so let me try to do this myself. I've got a car that's unusual. I've got a custom convertible Model S Tesla. And God says, I'm giving you this car so you can work on your humility, because everywhere I go, the car creates a sensation. Everywhere I go, somebody come out, can I take a picture of that car? Well, I've never seen it. So it's a challenge. He said, but if you cannot handle a car, how are you going to handle the power I'm going to put on you? So I go through all of these struggles with stuff. And I'm explaining this just to tell you how I'm in the Walmart where I shut up while the man was telling me about his Switzerland adventure with the chocolate. And then he says, you know, there is this documentary that's awesome that deals with chocolate. And it's called The Food That Built America, and you ought to watch it. So that's how a week later, I'm showing this documentary to my company. And after they got through watching it, everybody was literally speechless. That was just a vibration through it. And I, it's, it's on, it's, well, I'm not going to tell you what network it's on because often, When people listen to these messages years later, it's produced by the History Channel. It's called The Food That Built America, and it's awesome, particularly for anyone who is in business. It goes through all of this stuff about these different kinds of foods, the family intertwinings and how they went through struggle after struggle. And it's just super entertaining, but it's educational And it shows you, you got to hang in there and persevere if you're going to be successful. So as I showed my company this, I realized that's why God told me to go to St. Augustine. I had to 
eat no sweets for 30 days. So that's why I had to buy the 100%. And the, the lint chocolate was totally out of place. And the man said, it's not even supposed to be over here. But it was supposed to be over there for the purposes God had intended. So it caused me to strike up a conversation with the man because I'm working on my humility. I didn't interrupt him with my stuff. And I listened and he just opened up and he said, you ought to watch this documentary. And I'm going to watch all of them. It's about 25 of them. I'm going to watch all of them because all of them are educational about business and life. It's teaching how you have to solve problems. And then it's showing how those businessmen who did wrong stuff, every one of them end up suffering. When they cheated and lied and twisted, every one of them end up suffering. And they went up real high and lost it. Or their bodies went to pieces and they committed suicide. All kinds of stuff happened. And it showed me, don't you try to get anything by hook or crook because it ain't going to work. It's going to cost you more in the long run, way more than you think you're going to save or gain. So I saw just a ton in it, but I would have never gotten that had I not been where I was supposed to be, working on my humility and not eating what I wasn't supposed to eat. So as simple as that. So all of this stuff played together in a series that placed me there. And as I listened to Miracle Money and those seven principles, it just changed some stuff. And our book that we are reading this month, the book is called The Obstacle is the Way. It's by a gentleman named Ryan Holiday. And it deals with how Obstacles in your life are usually the path to your greatness. And most people will look at an obstacle or they look at a tough situation or a tough time and they curse the tough situation. And the book talks about you need to reframe obstacles because the obstacle is the way. And this is my second time reading the book and what I'm finding when I had my company to begin to study and had them to read and had them to do the book report. I had to reread the book and do the book report myself. I got more the second time. I preached Miracle Money 15 years ago. I preached it. And I got way more this time than I did when I preached it. Some of the stuff I didn't even remember, but I'm just listening with my mouth hanging open. Did I say it? No, I didn't say it. God said it. And I even went through in the series how I got the seven laws. God spoke them to me rapid fire so fast I could barely write. I said, I didn't come up with these. I was in prayer. He just spoke them to me and I just wrote them down as fast as I could. And that's why I'm preaching this series called Miracle Money. So it's just amazing to me how much God will direct your life take you where you want to go and he'll take you through obstacles. So those of you who are going through something that you think is tough, you need to read the obstacle is the way. Now Ryan Holiday, I actually went to a seminar called the Scale Up Convention. It was in Dallas. It's probably about five years ago. The seminar was three days long. It cost $3,000 for those three days. There were 3,000 people at the seminar. Out of 3,000 people, for three days, for $3,000, I was the only black male. 
So sometimes you got to break away from what is normal in your circle or in your world. And you got to go to places and be around people who are at an entirely different level to take you up. Yeah, I know none of you have ever heard of forcing somebody to read. In most churches, they don't have secular books. They got only religious books. Well, you need some money. And the church needs some money. And you have to sometimes learn from people who got stuff, who have learned, who have been through, who can teach you some stuff, who can teach you about career, who can teach you about business, who can teach you how to move to these next levels. But you won't do it at an ordinary level. I believe God has some extraordinary stuff for my life. I just absolutely believe that without question. He's got some extraordinary stuff for my life. But I cannot get to the extraordinary, neither can you, if you don't move beyond the ordinary. Extraordinary means extraordinary. So how are you going to get to the extraordinary if all you're doing is hanging around ordinary folk and doing ordinary stuff? It will automatically lock you to the ordinary. And you don't have to necessarily know extraordinary people. You just read their books. You just study their material. It takes you to a whole different level. And somehow, as I begin to push the company, see, the best way to learn often is to teach. And as I began to push the company to another level, I read two other books last week. And I read two other books. They were actually autobiographies. Now, some of y'all are not going to like who the autobiographies that I read. I read the autobiography of Muhammad Ali called The Soul of the Butterfly. And I read the autobiography of Anwar Sadat, who was the former Egyptian president. And I know some of you, they're Islamic. And they did some great stuff. And you got to understand sometimes the principle. And I learned stuff about Muhammad Ali. Most of us have only watched him on TV. We've only watched his physical stuff. And you don't even know the stuff behind the man who was called the greatest, who was the most well-known figure on the planet. And we never know what was behind him. Anwar Sadat was the one who brought peace between Egypt and Israel. And we don't even know what was behind all. So I read the books, but I start getting in a learning fever of both speed, quality, and quantity. And that's why I was at a hunger. And I got to admit, Miracle Money was bad in both of them books. It was good. So I got into a hunger and it changed my appetite for what I was ingesting into my mind and my spirit. So if you've got career and financial insecurities, coachb.me forward slash J-O-B. It'll give you some insights into career, but the main thing it will give you are insights into how to manage what you already have. See, most people think with money, they got one thought, if I can just get some more money. No, you don't really need more money. What you need is to manage well. You got too much garbage. You're throwing away too much stuff. You have too much garbage. So when we learn how to efficiently manage what we have, then God can give us more. So the second part of that of really managing is more important than the first part of earning. You got to be able to manage the 90% that God gives you and give God the 10, but manage the 90. So it's a, it's really a journey and it's a journey that we're all taking.
and it's a never-ending journey. We will be learning for the rest of our days. We will be dealing with issues for the rest of our days. And we probably are still going to be dealing with issues and learning even in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. We will never, as long as we are alive, we will always be learning and we will always be dealing with issues. But I want us to be able to be able to handle the issues and to be able to learn the right things. Because when your mind and spirit is properly geared, then you can coast through life no matter what happens. And you can coast through life in a car that everybody wants to take a picture of. And you can coast through life in a car that folk wonder, what in the world are you doing driving that little thing? And you all know I've had both extremes. You all know I had this little bitty smart car. I put a hundred and some thousand miles on that. It was the second worst car in America, according to Consumer Reports. It was the smallest car in America and the second worst car in America. And I was just as happy as I can be. And I got a car now that's unique. There's not another one like it on the face of the earth. And I'm just as happy as I can be. Whether you are base or bound, this is what Paul said. He said, you got to learn how to live this stuff. So whether you have plenty or whether you are in lack, you can still maintain a peace and a joy no matter what. See, some people think, oh, yeah, I can be happy, Pastor, if I got the Tesla. No, you need to be happy if you got the smart car. So that it doesn't matter what you, matter of fact, you need to be able to be happy if you own martyr. And for those of you who are not in Atlanta, MARTA is the Metropolitan Atlanta Rapid Transit Authority. That's our bus system. So you need to be happy. And I remember I was after service one day and I was greeting the people and somebody came up to me and said, Pastor, I just, I need a, a breeze card. I said, they said, you don't know what a breeze card is. And I reached in my wallet and I pulled out a breeze card. And they said, what in the world are you doing with a breeze card? That's a bus car. What are you doing with a breeze car? I said, because sometimes I ride the bus. I just do. I got three cars, but sometimes I ride the bus. So you got to learn how to just be able to be happy. And even though I travel all over the world, nothing really bothers me or gets me down. I can live anywhere under almost any kind of conditions because my joy, my peace, and my security is internal. It's not in stuff. And when it is in stuff, it's in jeopardy because stuff changes. Stuff changes. But your internal peace, your internal joy, if you got Christ and the light of Christ in you, and that's another thing you know, I'm dealing with. I've had seven people who have seen me glowing, six women and one man. I don't know why the women see me glowing much more than the men, but it's been six women and one man. And I remember Pastor James called me one day. He said, man, you have got to watch this Netflix show. It's called God's Favorite Idiot. It's about a man, and all of a sudden, people just start seeing him glowing. And when they start seeing him glowing, everybody starts, news folks start camping outside of his door. All this, he said, people are seeing you glowing, and they got a Netflix series about a man that's doing the same thing. I don't know how God is going to manifest the power, but what he has told me this. I cannot give you the power until you have the humility to wield it. I want to ask you a question. How much power can you wield and remain humble? 
Some folk can't remain humble with a new hat. I'm serious. And it sounds funny, but that's no joke. How much power can you wield and remain humble? Where it doesn't blow you up, where you think you're better than everybody else. You know, and my back is pretty straight. Now, I don't have a humped over back, but I'm not walking straight out of pride. I'm walking straight because my back is strong. So how much power can you handle and remain humble? So I got to work on that. I really do. I've got a pride issue. And I know a lot of people say, Pastor, you just don't seem like you. I, I got a pride issue. I just do. I just do. And some of y'all do too. I'm just, I'm just a little bit more honest about it. And to be honest, most preachers do. It's hard as a preacher. Oh, man of God. <laughs> do you know how much that can blow you up? Oh, oh, devout, holy man of God. And by the time you hear man of God, all the, shoot, it's a... <sighs> do you know what? You look in the mirror and, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a man of God. That blow you up. So it's hard dealing with this stuff. How much power can you wield and remain humble? So it's something that I am struggling with, and I need to get it under control before God has to step in and control it. That's why Paul asked God to remove the thorn from his flesh three times. And God says, no, I'm not removing. I placed that there to control your pride. So sometimes you need stuff to keep you humble so God can use you and it doesn't destroy you. Message number three, career and financial security. I didn't talk very much today about career or financial security at all. And that was by design. I gave you a link that you can go and study. But I want you to understand that your career and that your financial security is orchestrated divinely. And when you are in line with God's will, God will take you and lead you. Now, you have to work. That's part of what the Miracle Money series, it taught with all of that. But we have a situation in our company now where we're changing some products around and we're, our lotion, which is called Miracle Lotion, it's in a bottle and we're putting it in tubes, but the lotion is really sensitive. It's one of the most sensitive formulas I've ever dealt with. Can't be exposed to air very long. It'll break down. So with the tubes, we were having to get aluminum tubes, which are really, really four or five times more expensive than normal tubes. But it's the only tube that'll work well. When you squeeze the lotion, the tube stays mashed in and it won't go back to its original shape and suck air back in and it reacts and it breaks down the lotion. And after I finished my prayer this morning, God simply said, you don't need to get aluminum tubes. I said, what in the world? And sometimes, see, if God just tells you what not to do, if he tells you who not to be with, if he tells you where not to go, it automatically is an instruction. So the minute God says, you don't need aluminum tubes, I said, well, if I don't need aluminum tubes, how can I fix this? And I began thinking. So I sent an email to the staff. I said, see if you can find a cap with a one-way valve. And within an hour, the plant manager emailed me back with a link with a company 
that makes three types of those caps. Going to cut our price of cost of the tubes down from the aluminum tubes to about a third of what it would normally cost. God can speak to you and influence and control your business. God controls your money. I have no question that God controls my money without a doubt. He can take it up. He can take it down. That's one of the reasons why I'm going to make sure I'm always in covenant with giving my money to God's house. Because I know without question, he controls my money. And he can just speak a word. And that word could easily save us $50,000 a month. He can just speak a word. And the word wasn't even specific. He didn't tell me what to do. told me what not to do. When God tells you what not to do, listen. And it's not going to come in a big booming voice. It may come in an inkling. You don't need to be with this person. You don't need to get involved in a relationship with this person. Because you know what happens a whole lot of time. We end up with counseling somebody for the myth. Something told me not to fool with them. <laughs> Something told me not to fool with them. Listen when God speaks to you. So God will control your money, your career, your relationship, but you've got to be in covenant with him. And I thought about it even as I'm traveling a whole lot. I said, man, you're going a whole lot, but it is the way of many of the world's religions as you get into the second and last third of life, you start living a hermit life. And God, I'm going to send you a lot of places, 80%, you will go by yourself because you need to be closer to me. And I said, this is a path that the disciples went. So I got more understanding of some things. But as I get closer to God, my joy increases. My joy just goes up, regardless of what is around me. Don't slip into darkness. Move into his marvelous light. I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. You can go to brothersoftheword.com and you can listen to this entire Slipping into Darkness series absolutely free of charge. You can send it to a friend absolutely free at brothersoftheword.com. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part three of the series titled Slipping into Darkness, subtitled Career and Financial Security by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5996. That's 5996. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 5996 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Well, brothers of the word.